everybody. Welcome back to Couch Potato Sports Presents Crash the Net Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Reed. I'm joined today by Kelsey Hammond. Kelsey, how are you doing today? Crushing, crushing this Wednesday. Finishing it up. Yep, it's that hump day. Woot, woot. <laughs> so, I'll how's your week that. been going so far? Um, You know, I think this is Monday 3.0. I think that's what we're looking at. I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. I had a... Had about the same kind of day, so I can feel you. There might be five Mondays this week, first time ever, but. Oh, maybe first time for you. That's might be the first time this month. (laughs) First time in November. (laughs) No, it's it's just been one of those weeks. I think it's been one of those weeks for uh, the abs, for sure, to say the least. Yeah. Um, There's been some stuff going on. And, uh, you know, obviously we haven't done a podcast in the last two weeks. And the reason being is, I mean, you look at the Avs schedule and we wouldn't really have had much to talk about. So we decided to kind of hang out a week and, you know, hit the ground running here today. And I guess kind of a good thing we waited a little bit because we got some news today that is pretty heartbreaking for the Avs right now. And the fact that Nathan McKinnon is going to be out at least three weeks. And per words of Bednar, give or take. So it sounds, uh, doesn't sound very good. You know, when coaches come out with, you know, a report like that, I like to, you know, I appreciate the, the honesty of just, you know, hey, this is, this is looking like a, a, a three week injury. But to me, you know, the way he was talking about it, the way, you know, oh, three weeks, give or take. You know, I feel I feel optimistic that it's going to be sooner than that, and the three weeks is just kind of, you know, an air of caution. You know, like worst case scenario, it's three weeks. But I could definitely, you know, see him come back, you know, in a week or two. Not that that is much better, but we'll definitely take any day we can. You know, with Nathan McKinnon. Well, and yeah, I could definitely see that perspective. Um, I guess on my side of the coin is. I feel it almost seems like this has been an injury that's been kind of nagging at him um, at the start of the season and then, you know, just kind of came to fruition in the Columbus game. Because, I mean, you and I have talked and, um, you know, I think most Az fans can agree Nathan McKinnon has not been himself thus far. So, you know, is this something that, is a shorter term injury like what you're thinking with the way that Bednar came at it or the way that I saw it was, you know, he, he came at it with that, uh, you know, it, it, it to me seemed more pessimistic of an approach um, in the give or take three weeks statement. Um, you know, with the guy like McKinnon, you would think you would want to make your fans feel better and, Oh, you know, it's looking better on the, you know, shorter three-week side, not the, you know, extended period of time type. Of, so it's just a little bit uh, scary right now. And then uh, Sammy G leaving the ice today as well. Um, that sucks. So, you know, we could possibly be down a top 4D man and, you know, our top left winger. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just they're – Every team gets hit with the injury bug at some point in the season. I just feel like, you know, that's unfortunately this time for the Avs. You know, <coughs> you know, it's not 
the best of timing, but I think at the regular or at the start of the season, um, I'd rather have the injury bug hit now than the the end. And they just kind of got to power power through it. Yeah, and I mean, for me, um, being early in the season has its ups and downs to having the injury bug hit. Um, you know, the good part is, you know, we have the rest of the season to kind of rally back and play a good second half and, you know, make a statement going into the playoffs. The other side of the coin is the Avs have already stumbled coming out of the gates. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So to have basically one game where, oh no, we haven't even had one full game where the entire starting rosters on the ice. I was thinking last night, but we didn't, or not last night, last game, but we didn't have Nachushkin. So it's, it's hard to get that chemistry built when you have guys in and out of the lineup. And then, you know, with us already coming out really slow, I, I fear that we don't catch our stride until it's too late and we're already buried in the, in the standings. And then, you know, we're working from behind, and sometimes that mentality doesn't really uh, help a situation like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's definitely a real concern and a real possibility. But this is, again, this is you're not predicted to win the Stanley Cup when you get hit. You know, with a couple of injury bugs, you know, you're still you're still predicted, and you're still one of the Cup favorites. <clears throat> and to me, no excuse. You know, on the front line, it's the next player up you know, mentality, um, get your death players out there that everybody's been hootling and hooting and hollering about. Holy cow. Words are hard on a Wednesday and, <laughs> you know, win some games. There's really, I don't feel bad for him. You know, I really, I don't, it doesn't necessarily change my expectations for the team either. Um, it might be a little bit harder of a road, but again, as a Stanley cup favorite, there's, there's a reason. You know, with Nathan McKinnon, um, you know, I think it's a different story if Nathan McKinnon was out for the rest of the season. But two, three weeks, you know, get back out there, go play, win some games. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I agree. Um, you know, I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate card. But it's one of I'm those. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, it's a boring show if it's, you got two of the same opinions. <laughs> Touche. Um, but no, I mean, I just, they, they've had some bright spots, um, in the previous games and then they've had some very, very down times. Um, you know, we can kind of go back and look at some of the games over the past two weeks. Um, you know, like the Tampa game, that was one that you and I were really excited about last podcast. You know, that was going to be the statement game and they came out and they won it. And they won it in OT and great, like, you know, theatrics and McCarr with his first shootout winner. And it was just a great game. They, they had pretty good effort. It was a back and forth game all, all night. Um, but one thing that really stands out in this game and really every game has been the defense and their lack of pressure in the defensive zone. They're horrible passing when trying to exit the zone. Um, their inability to clear the puck. And really, 
allowing far too many opportunities for Kemper and Johansson. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like, you know, same, same story, different day with the team. You know, it's just been that same, the same issue for the start, the whole start of the season, you know, and maybe it's the injuries, the inconsistency with the line pairings, but they just seem, they seem off out there. Something's not clicking, something's not working and they, they absolutely have to change it. Well, and that's that's the thing is, <clears throat> you know, you look at last year, for example, and we we really had pretty much the same core on defense, you know, um, outside of the addition of Murray, you know, in a spot that Ian Cole filled for some time, and um, but we have EJ back this year, you know, and <clears throat> Bo and Byram is just doing some great things. But last year, they looked like a great defensive team. You know, our goaltender looked great. But it wasn't for the reason everybody thinks. I mean, they had great defensive play. They were able to clear the puck out of the zone. But it was because of our puck possession time. You know, we, we had majority of games. We had two-thirds of the game was in the other team's defensive zone. You know, and this year, we with our inability to – you know, get out of the defensive zone to break into the neutral zone and to get pressure in the offensive zone. It has led to a pure breakdown and just it's all falling back on the defense. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but we have young defensemen who haven't quite established themselves in the league and the ability to handle some of these guys that are coming at them. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I think those are, those are the mistakes that cost you games when you're, you know, copping up the, the puck at the, the blue line, when you're, you know, not able to get consistent, you know, pressure and enter the, you know, offensive zone smoothie. You know, I think that's one of the great things, you know, with Bednar, is that he really taught this team how to enter the zone and that we weren't, we were never going to be a dump and chase team. And right now we're a dump and chase team. We can't enter the zone. We can't sustain pressure. We're coughing up the puck. Um, and it, it, it just reflects into the team's record currently. Um, you know, and I just think there's so many little things going on right now um, for the abs that they just can't seem to, find their groove we can't really pinpoint exactly what the issue is you just know there's like a bunch of little issues well exactly and that's i think that's what's most frustrating for fans right now is it's not like we have a finger to point or somebody point a finger at right now we can't go okay well lannis gog isn't doing what he's supposed to do or you know kemper sucks or you know mccarr's got it's it's the entire team is just making mistake after mistake after mistake. And it's, you know, like the power play, for example. I mean, we are 10.5% on the power play this year. Do you know who's worse than us? Wow, there's somebody that's actually worse than us? Well, Seattle is. <laughs> Makes sense. So, And, and that's, I mean... You have a team in Colorado 
where you have guys on the ice, Ranton and Burakovsky, Landeskog, McKinnon, Kadri. I mean, right now, LOC is playing great. Darren Helms still got, I mean, you have guys. And on Seattle, I'm not saying they don't have good hockey players, but they don't have those standout hockey players. So to see well, yeah. them at 9.5%, I understand that. But to see the Avs right there sandwiched between Seattle and Arizona, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, there's just, again, I just can't, I can't come up with an excuse. I can't think of a reason. You know, there really, there really isn't one. When you have a power play unit of Kale McCarr, Lanska, Grantonen, Nathan McKinnon, you know, Burakowski, there's, there's no reason to be that bad in this league. Zero. Well, exactly. I mean, it's at the point, I mean, we, we have too much talent when, I mean, not literally because i'll take all the talent all day but how how is it that we have a kill mccarr a bowen byram a nathan mckinnon a landeskog and a rantanen you know and then you got burkowski and kadri guys that teams would kill to have on the second line i mean they could probably be first liners yeah absolutely i mean Again, I feel, and it's been weird. It's been a weird schedule. Again, I just still don't feel ready to break out the panic button um, or really start, you know, worrying. But at the same time, I also just really can't tell what the what the issue is, where we're at, you know, how do we, what we need to change. Um, we just haven't honestly seen enough games yet. Well, and I think that plays a lot into it, in all honesty, when you know, you have basically two games a week right now is what they've played. Um, you know, it, it, it's just throwing all that chemistry and all of that uh, and any momentum you have out the window. I mean, when you, you have a Thursday and a Saturday game and then you don't play for a week and then you have a Wednesday and another Friday game and then you don't play till Tuesday, it, it when you have three, four days off in between games and all you're doing is practicing, you would think it would help, but you need that game time. So I think that does play a lot into it and why they've struggled out the start, but it's still concerning. Um, I think once we start getting some games rolling, we'll see a better team on the ice. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think they just kind of play a high volume of games, kind of work through this. Um, you know, and one of the, one of the benefits of like a season long, you know, an early season, like road trip is that the team gets to bond is that they get to build, you know, that rapport, that relationship with each other. And they just really haven't had that besides, you know, Washington, Florida, a little bit of that, um, East coast swing, but they really haven't had like that, you know, two week long, you know, grind it out road trip. And I think, that's always so beneficial to, you know, a team early on in the season. Um, so you don't have that. You're playing sporadically random, you know, games. Um, it's hard to it's hard to find a groove and it's hard to work through some of those some of those kinks early on in the season. Yeah. Well and you know, like uh I was talking to my dad tonight and he's freaking out. He he literally said, Well, the playoffs are done. 
and you know Bednar needs to be fired. They all suck, and uh, this was no, all in response to Nathan to McKinnon. Already, yeah, this was all in response to Nathan McKinnon being injured. But you know, <clears throat> hearing that perspective kind of sobered me up because uh, you know I don't want to go down that road of panicking and freaking out and saying that everything needs to change, you know, and by talking him off the ledge, it kind of talked me off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, huh, this worked well for myself. I mean, yeah. my dad. Exactly. Exactly. Now I see why therapists do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just really helping themselves. Selfish. Pretty much. Hell pretty yeah. much. They have a lot of problems. Jeez. Please. <laughs> but, you know, in the aspect of this team right now and our coach, um, you know, I have heard a lot of and seen a lot of people saying that Bednar needs to be kicked to the curb. And I ask why. When you look at what he's done, he came in his first year and it was an abysmal season. He had that team. I mean, he did what he could. He he came in at the start of training camp, had no say in any of the roster that was constructed. Um, he had a Duchesne that did not want to be on the team anymore. And he had to work through that. Well, what, what did him and Sackick do the next year? They turned out around that ship around. They shipped Dutchie off. We got back Sammy G and then they went and won the central. Like Bednar has taken a team from the basement and brought them into the limelight. Now the last two years, Second round exits, yeah, that's not good. That doesn't look good on Bednar, but you can't put that all on the coach. This year is really that year where he has to go and show why he's still here and why he deserves to stay, and I think he's going to be able to. Agreed. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to point fingers at Bednar just for where he's brought this team, how he's done it, how he's handled everything. Um. To me, this this more so falls on the players. I mean, if you were to say, "Hey, you know, the team the team doesn't make the playoffs, so the team fumbles, you know, in the first round of the playoffs," you know, who do you who do you look at? Is it Bednar or is it the team? And I would be like, my first opinion would be to start changing the players on the team. You know, I still believe in Bednar and how he does things. I think he's just. There's something I'm missing amongst the players. Your coach can only get you, you know, so far and hold you accountable in the locker room and whatnot. And it's really the players that need to take you that next step. And last year, unfortunately, was it. Last year was that opportunity. The team that looked the best, the team that just it felt like it was all coming together. So, yeah, this year, you know, they, they need to figure out how to do it again. In all honesty, I don't feel bad for them. I don't, you know, they just got to get it done. There's no, there's no excuses. Stanley Cup favorite yet again. I know I feel like I'm repeating myself, but the team's got to figure it out. And it's not just Bednar's, you know, responsibility to figure it out. You know, Landeskog, Miko, those guys that wear the A and the C on their chest need to truly lead this team and kind of wake their asses up to get, to get it done. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I had a coach in high school, and this is a saying that I love. He used to always tell us, as a coach, all I can do is get you off the bench. 
once you're on the field, it's all up to you. So Bednar is doing everything he can. I mean, all that he can do is write down on a chalkboard and say, here, this is the play I want you guys to go run. Execution is where it all comes down to. And right now and at the end of the playoffs, the abs don't have that execution. And there's just a piece, like you said, it's something's missing. I don't know what that is. You know, it could, (laughs) maybe it was Jack Eichel. Maybe that that's the piece we're missing, Kelsey. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Shut up. Shut your mouth. No, I'm kidding. Oh, but I mean, it's, there's, there's definitely, um, you know, some headspace that the players are in right now that they need to get past and they need to get beyond it and move this team to where they're expected to be. Cause right now to be in conversation with Seattle and Arizona, that hurts. Cause that's not what this team is. Yeah. I mean, those three teams are so, so different that they, they should not be in the same sentence together, but here we are. You know, it's a true, it's a true, true statement, true realization. You know that that's where the Avs are right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think a game that really uh, exemplifies what's going, what what isn't going on, is the Vegas game. Vegas comes into Colorado. They have five of their starters out. They for all intents and purposes should have came in here and they should have got their asses kicked up and down that ice. They should have instead they come in here and (laughs) somehow squeak out a win. And the score was a lot closer than that game was. I mean, you were watching. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, Vegas, Vegas just seems to just be that team where they get the bounces, they obviously get the players, um, and they're kind of in their own their own little world. Like, nobody really understands how they got that good that fast. How they you know land a a um, you know trade as big as Jack Eichel, but they just do stupid shit goes their way. And just it is what it is. That's never happened for the Avs. They've always had to earn it. They've always had to push it. And I think that trickles. You know, I kind of feel like that when I'm watching the games. You know, I always expect the bounces, the refs, the whatever to kind of always just lean Vegas's way, while the Avs kind of push, have to push a little harder, have to try a little bit harder. You know, to to walk away. Yeah, I could I, I could actually totally agree with that. Um, you know, and it's it's not to say that Vegas isn't a good team. It's it, it does feel that way though. I mean, you watch any game the Avs have played against Vegas. I mean, the playoffs are a great example. You know, it's the the Avs have to grind. They have to put their every ounce of effort into those games and unfortunately if you lack in one area for 
half a period, that very well could be the results of the game. And, you know, with, with Vegas and they they get these, these goals that go in off of two bounces in the slot or, um, you know, they get a, a BS cross checking call by Jack Johnson or, you know, just stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. You know, it's though that's probably one of the hardest teams to watch the Avs play. Yeah, I hate it. Also, don't go to the games because they're not much better. <laughs> cool. <laughs> when you're watching it yeah. in the stands, it hurts just as much, you know, to see the seat to see a team that, you know, I also think the Avs could be better, will be better. Um, they're just that that annoying buzzing bee that just won't go away, kind of stings you every now and then, and you're just like Jesus, Louise, go away. Go away, B. Maybe not B. Wasp. They're a wasp. <laughs> An annoying wasp that just stings you and bugs you and just you don't understand why it's there. Just go away. I agree. I agree. I mean, they're, they've worked their way up there to uh, Minnesota type hatred. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Ooh, that'd be an interesting one. Who do you, yeah, who, who is the, the Avs' current rival. Well, I mean, I mean, you would have to say Vegas currently, and to me, a rivalry is what's on the ice with the players. You know, as a fan, rivalry, I will all day, every day, say Detroit Red Wings, up and down. But what the players deal with. I, I'd say Vegas would be the rivalry right now. Um, Minnesota probably being that close second, just because they're that divisional opponent that always somehow is right there in Avs in the Avs grill every night. Interesting. But interesting. I'm kind of leaning St. Louis right now. Oh, okay. Okay. I, that's just one of those games, you know. Where it's it's or it's almost like must watch TV, you know. There's going to be a fight. They're still, you know, sensitive towards the cadre thing. You know, it's just it's fascinating. It feels like old school hockey a little bit, which I feel doesn't happen often anymore. And it's just bad blood after the Bennington, you know, drama, yeah. the fighting. It's like that's that's my team. I definitely, you know, Minnesota. In Vegas, for sure. But rivalries, I think, are built in the playoffs. And smacking the Blues around the first round, you know, obviously they're still they're still a little upset about it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We just got to take it and rub their face in it now. Well, I mean, so you great. brought up the game, so let's talk about the Blues game. Um, Did I mention I hate them? Yeah. That okay, was... Let me say it one more time. I hate them, and Jordan Bennington ever swings his stick at another player's face again. Somebody needs to go knock his ass out. Can you explain to me how the hell he didn't get fined or suspended for that? Goalie favoritism. When, when I, do you ever see goalies get fined? I know. Or I know. Anything. I just, that was the biggest bullshit sequence that I have seen. In quite a while. I mean, I've never seen something like that in my life. No, it it literally just starts with LOC. LOC is going to the front of the net and then he gets driven to the corner board. Kadri's just standing there. 
Bennington comes up, starts talking shit to Kadri. So Kadri engages. And then as he's skating away, Bennington swings his stick at him. And then after that, did you see he shot the puck at Kemper? Yeah, I think that was first, right? I think he shot the puck at Kemper and then went and swung his stick at Kadri. And he was like, what the hell is going on right now? I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. I think Kadri in his post-game interview was something, said something like, even if I'm talking, I get a penalty nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable. I feel awful for the guy. Um, and one of these days, Bennington and running his mouth and doing dumb shit like that, you know, somebody's going to, they're going to drop the gloves one of, the, one of these days. It's hockey. It's bound to happen. And I one. wouldn't be surprised. The next one, the next St. Louis game is going to be wild that's for sure yeah but the problem is it's all the way in april well that's unfortunate why'd you ruin my night with that news <laughs> sorry but yeah they don't play again till april dude <sighs> well but at the same time game that april. game's gonna mean more at that point depending on what standings look like so you know i don't know i think bennington um he needs to get his face slapped in like it's it's simple as that um Kemper came out of the net like Kemper was coming at him. So I wish Kemper would have got to center ice and just knocked the shit out of him. But he needs that because it's not just the Avs games. He does this shit all the time. He oh, no, throws a temper his... tantrum. He like he's a child. He's a petulant child. He made fun of Justin Bieber probably because he's a Justin Bieber fangirl because he's a fucking child. He's got his own highlight reel. That's for sure. Rose dumb shit Jordan Bennington does on the ice. Um, yeah, I just mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens and the game going forward. Yeah. I mean, one, I think the, my favorite part about that Blues game is Kadri got one. Confer got two. McCarr had one. I mean, they dominated most of that game. And, of course, you know, they they let off the gas a little bit and, you know, let them bring it within one. But it was still domination for 50 minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, I think that just speaks to the rivalry. I think the Avs played up to their competition um, in that game. And they were, they wanted to beat the Blues. They wanted to you know, beat them up, you know, on the scoreboard and physically, and they did that. So the team, again, is capable. You know, they are able to perform, you know, like a Stanley Cup favorite. They just need to consistently. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the way that they played in the Blues game and then they come right back and go and play Minnesota and – have arguably the best game that they've had all year. I mean, it's not even arguable. They had the best game they've had all year. And, you know, the, the Minnesota game, I mean, I have a bias. You know, you hate the Blues with your burning, fiery passion. That's Minnesota for me. I mean, I hate the Blues, don't get me wrong. But ugh, I just think back to the Matt Cook and Tyson Berry hit in the playoffs. Ever since then, I can't stand the Wild. No, don't get me wrong. I can't stand the wild either. 
but the wild are just like they're not on our level they don't you know they're not to me like a real threat like we're not going to see them in the playoffs anytime soon they're not going to be you know stanley cup favorite like they're just they're, again they're just like that annoying bee that just won't go away <laughs> <laughs> they, they they are a bumblebee because they're not actually threatening they don't actually hurt you <laughs> like a wasp but they're just kind of fucking annoying and just won't go away um, hey i don't i don't care what you think kirill kaprizov is scary yeah, I mean, but where's where's the supporting cast around him? Hockey is not a one man, one man league, and they it's definitely not a two man league either. Look at Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, point exactly. <laughs> well, and that's that's exactly the thing. I mean, you know, like with Vegas, for example, going and pulling off the trade for Jack Eichel. The the thing that makes that most scary is they have a great supporting cast already in place for him to come in and make an impact. I mean, they didn't really give up much to get him. They gave up Alex Tuck and Colton Krebs, um, and then a second and a third, I believe. Peyton. Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs, sorry. No. Get it right. <laughs> sorry. I remember my first sorry. hockey podcast. Oh, I'll get out of here. <laughs> um, sorry. Peyton Krebs, but it's it's scary because when Eichel is healthy, you know, given that his surgery and procedure all go well, recovery and everything, um, really hope it does, but that's why that team is so scary. And then you look at, like like you're saying, with Minnesota, they don't really have that supporting cast. I mean, who, who, do, who else do they have aside from – Kaprizov. Do they still have Ryan Hartman? Is that really like the next best guy? Who? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's I don't see the threat. I'm not too worried about um, Minnesota and where they're headed. So they're definitely, you know, those are the fun games to attend at Pepsi Center. You know, it definitely gets the crowd fired up. There's nobody, you know, there's no Minnesota fans in Colorado. Come on, let's be real. Um, yeah, yeah. But those are just fun, entertaining games. Um, if we were to meet in the playoffs, you know, I'd be, I'd say, like, yeah, sure, like those will, that'll be a good rivalry. But right now, it's definitely Vegas, St. Louis, you know, those, those type of teams for sure. Yeah, well, I can agree with that. I just, my Minnesota hatred just overrides it. That's all. but i agree i agree i hate them too i agree it's it's definitely as far as you know the the teams that pose a threat to the abs um minnesota is not in the upper echelon of those teams for sure so uh i'm not sure if you saw but on the eichel trade did you know the see the abs were pretty uh pretty far into that and they had a pretty solid offer on the table. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're missing. Is a good, a good shakeup, a good, you know, kind of high flying free agent talent, or, you know, that could have thrown everything off. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. Kind of, kind of neutral. Seeing for me, 
I mean, I'm in the camp of I respect Jack Eichel. He's a great player. I would love to have him on my team. But that being said, you're getting a player that is not at the very earliest going to be ready to play until playoffs, maybe. He's got a four-month minimum recovery window from this procedure. And that's given that everything goes right. He's doing a procedure where, you know, I'm sure you know with uh, your mother's back issues, but it's not a it's it's not a fusion. They're replacing the disc, so that could be great for him and his career, or it could go really south. Yeah. So I don't I don't like the idea of us even contemplating that trade mainly because of the what ifs on it you know i think the way i look at sports and injuries nowadays you know here's mine and it just it'll always stick with me but the broncos brought in peyton manning after a neck surgery and took a chance and the broncos we all know what happened they won the super bowl rode off into the sunset Yada, yada, yada. So my the way I look at it, which I think is why they gave up close to close to nothing for him, is low risk, high reward. Okay, say, you know, recovery doesn't go as well or whatever. You know, you didn't give up the farm for him. Um, and then if he does perform, you just got Jack Eichel. The Broncos got Peyton Manning that looked just as good, you know, as before. Yeah, um, well, and, and, it's, and it's always about the supporting cast. Pete Manning had the great supporting cast. Jack Eichel would had a great supporting cast where he wouldn't have to be that immediate impact, which again Vegas did does magically on. They don't need him to play right now to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're already, you know, the dominant team. It's just an added bonus. Things work out great. We just got better. They don't. Okay, we're still a kick-ass team. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I can definitely understand that aspect. Um, you know, Manning, he he came to Denver, and all you Denver fans, um, y'all love him now because he had a great three years. He won the Super Bowl. You know, is that going to be Jack Eichel, though? It's, it's still to be told. However what my problem with the abs going after him was what reports are showing they were willing to give up. So again, you gotta, you gotta take those with a grain of salt because I mean, they are just reports. I know. I know. We'll never, we'll never truly know. We'll never truly know. What was on the offer table. And to me, good. Gerard, someone's, you know, everybody use that as motivation. Your ass was on the trading block, you know, get, get your shit together. So you're not (laughs) one. You don't have to be in this situation. That that kind of brings me up to a point I wanted to talk about tonight with Sammy, is do you what is your opinion on Samuel Gerard on this Abs team right now? I just I, I'll start it with that. I love him. I think he brings a dynamic to the ice that not many players can and do. Um, I do think he's expendable just because of the growth of. Byram, um, as of late, but I, I think he just plays great. I think he plays hard. 
um, and just brings, you know, an offensive dynamic that not a lot of, like, you just don't find those everywhere. And we just happen to have three of them, you know, on the abs. Yeah. Well, and I, I'll, I'm just going to start and preface what I'm about to say with the fact I love Sammy G. I don't want to lose him to anybody. Um, I'm happy with him on the roster. However, the main argument that comes up with, with Gerard is his physicality. And obviously, he's a smaller defenseman. The physicality shouldn't be expected. You know, just like when, when we had Tyson Berry, you didn't expect Tyson Berry to go in the corner and put a guy on the boards. But there have been times where Gerard's physicality, or lack thereof, I should say, cost the abs. And, you know, you have that that this faction of abs fans that came out in the playoffs last year and literally went after Sammy G and threatened him, threatened his girlfriend. Like there's a faction of abs fans that for whatever reason think that Sammy G is just this horrible pylon of the defenseman. So I think given the fact that, you know, he's got some fans turned against him, and the fact that we do have a Kale McCarr and a Bull Byram, him being traded and, you know, using him as a piece to possibly bring in a, you know, veteran stay-at-home defenseman or bring in that veteran center or left winger that we can put on the second line to fill in the void of Donskoy. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I definitely wouldn't trade him for a stay-at-home defenseman. I think that's what Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson Ryan yeah. Murray kind of do. Um, I wouldn't be opposed for kind of some more some more firepower up front. But, I mean, it's one of those ones where it's like if a deal presents itself and it's a good one, then great. But if not, like, I don't see a need to move him. I don't think he's, you know, from my opinion and perspective i don't think he's a pylon um he brings that he's one of those guys that just to me brings that energy you know i like the way that he plays i like his enthusiasm and you know team chemistry yeah well him and devin taves i mean when those two are paired together i don't think there's a better Defensive pairing on the abs. Yeah. Maybe maybe McCarr and EJ, but I mean I think but look at when you're when you're talking about those line combinations, you're talking about just like a great balance. Yeah. You know, you have the young guy that's agile and quick with the veteran that can stay at home is dependable. If you get rid of that or mess up those lines, you know. So you're gonna have two stay at home defensemen on one line, which isn't bad, but it's not ideal. Yeah. Well, and the other side of that is, you know, one player that really uh, I want to see more of this year, talking about defensemen, but I guess a hybrid now, Jacob McDonald. Man, did you watch him play in those two or three games he was on left wing? Yeah, I think he's trying to find his spot right now. I think Bednar is trying to figure out where to – 
where to utilize him, how to utilize him, um, kind of where where he belongs with this team. Man, I tell you, like, one thing that I don't understand or, you know, I just I just can't wrap my head around is last season when we first saw McDonald come in, man, he was playing great. He, he was one of my favorite defensemen. Um, he was making great passes and then he broke his jaw and he missed some time, but he never really came back to the abs. Like, I don't remember seeing him back on the roster after that. And he was healthy. He was playing with the Eagles, but it was just kind of weird to me because to me, he had cemented a spot on the roster at that point to fill in for EJ. So I just, I, I like the guy. I want to see him back in a more consistent role with the Avs, um, possibly even in place of a Ryan Murray, because Murray, although is a good defenseman, he's not that noticeable, I guess you would say, which I isn't necessarily a bad thing for a defenseman, but... Yeah, I mean, you're kind of you're kind of getting a logjam at defense, you know. So, who does get that ice time? Who does, you know, barring injury and whatnot? You know, I think you're you're kind of set at defense. You know, Taze, um, Taze and Gerard, Kale and EJ, Byram and um, Jack. Jack. Yeah. You're kind of you're kind of set right there. Um, it's hard. It's hard to crack this defensive lineup right now. Um, but yeah, all pending injury. You know what is Kale McCarr? You know what is his injury? What is that looking like? Is he going to be in and out all season? Well, and that's, I mean, to me right now, with the news of the McKinnon injury, I don't care what point McCarr's at. Let the man sit and get healthy right now. Because if you're going to have McKinnon out, okay, we already know this roster should be built to go win some games, even without McKinnon, okay? We have a good enough defensive core to where we can throw in Ryan Murray or Jacob McDonald, as long as it's not Curtis McDermott. Hey, what's wrong with the enforcer guy? I, I, I mean, aside from seeing him in pre-skate, I don't think I've actually seen him on the ice. Is, does he exist? Because he sucks if he does. Well, if you remember the job in, of an enforcer, it's not necessarily to be the best hockey player. It's kind of to punch some teeth in. Which he hasn't done. Which... Uh, hasn't been he hasn't even made... He has, he, has, he has one hit on the whole year. One hit. Well, let's throw and he's you played out in five games and see how you do. Well, that's how I would stop. Is I just hit people. Well, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. But I don't know. I mean, to me, I don't know what McCarr's injury status is. Obviously, but um, if it's something that's going to nag at him all year. Let him sit a little bit longer. Let him get fully healthy. Let's get everybody back fully healthy. And let's make a run at it. Because 
to have players in and out all damn season, that is going to not bode well for the chemistry and for the performance. Well, I mean, you got to have a consistent team on the ice every night. The name of the game, though, if guys are getting injured, you know, next player up mentality. They just got to they got to stick with it. They got to, you know, figure, figure it out. You know, there's no. No excuses. Let's get it done. You know, I understand the chemistry and, you know, working together, but. Yeah. Like, Colorado Avalanche, you're the Stanley Cup favorite. Get your asses together. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much where we're at, right, Kelsey? Pretty we, much. They gotta wake the fuck up. And they gotta realize and figure out what they're doing wrong so that they can make us all happy. Like I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this expectation of the Stanley Cup. And then two years in a row, my dreams get crushed. I'm tired of it. I just want to win. Okay. Yeah, I we're still early on. Put your damn panic button away. Let's get some. No, I told you I locked games. that in a drawer. It's locked Good. in a drawer. Don't locked. worry. Did you throw away the key? I gave it to Amber. She's not well, going to give it. That's good. Uh, I'll talk to her later about the key. <laughs> but no, I think they'll figure it out again. Still not worried. Still, still a weird start to the season. And we'll just kind of work from there. See what happens. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, uh, pretty much all that we can do at this point is uh, sit back, relax, and uh, hope that the team wakes the fuck up. Let's go, Avs. Wake the fuck up. Let's go, Avs. <laughs> All right, Kelsey. Well, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, any other topics? or? Yeah, I think we covered it. Um, back at it tomorrow. It'll be be a good game to get back into and, you know, get everybody kind of back out there. Yeah, I'm really excited for tomorrow night. You know, I, I think... I think they're going to have a good bounce back game. Um, Nachushkin's supposed to be back. Makar is supposed to be back. Let's go out there. Let's get the win. And let's build keep some momentum. Rolling. Get, get it rolling. All right, Kelsey. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight. I hope you have a good night. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Couch Potato Sports presents Crash Net Podcast.